Alright guys, welcome back to another podcast on the MMA on his channel. And today, obviously, we are joined again by Oscar Silva. How's, how's it going? It's going great. Another uh, another great week of fights, and we got another great one coming this weekend. A Brazilian showdown happening this weekend. Uh, Tiago Santos versus Glover Cesaro in the main event of the evening. What an absolute stacked card we got for uh, in, on this on on that night. Top to bottom, very very good fights. And uh, we'll, we'll talk about uh, the fights that just happened before we get onto that card. Uh, Hall versus Silva, an absolute great night of fights. Uh, we saw some incredible knockouts. A lot of finishes happened that night, and we saw a lot of uh, a lot of uh, prospects come out. We saw Adrian Yanas. He finished uh, Victor Rodriguez in 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 the first round by uh, KO. You know he's a really good prospect, and we'll we'll get onto him as we uh, get onto the card. But first fight in the evening, we saw Miles John come back into winning ways after losing his unbeaten streak, and he and he defeated Kevin Natvidad. You know, by third round KO, and this fight, this fight was a really, really, really good fight. And uh, before the knockout, it was it was like a really uh, powerful uppercut from Miles Johns, and he was holding. I'm not too sure if you picked this up, but uh, Miles John was actually holding Kevin's uh, glove, to actually, and then he knocked him out while he was holding it. Yeah, I, I'm not really mad at that because I picked Miles Johns to win. Uh, he was controlling the fight before that knockout. Uh, he was gonna 100%. He was gonna win on the judges' scorecards, but. He landed that clean uppercut, and he almost made him backflip, but he was oh, man, stance yeah. was too low. Actually, yeah. forgot about that. As you mentioned, that 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 absolutely crazy. Uh, uh, when he got knocked out, Kevin Natfrad looked like he was dead. Honestly, it yep, was crazy. Not... Yeah, for the lower weight classes, uh, when you see a knockout like that, it's it's very impressive. You only see that kind of stuff at uh, the higher weight classes. Mm -hmm. So Marjorie as I there, you know, he bounced back after losing his unbeaten, uh, unbeaten professional record, and improves to 11-1, 11-1 in uh, MMA. And Kevin Nashvadad unfortunately loses on his debut, and he got a tough test in Miles Johns. You know, a guy who's highly touted in the UFC in the 135-pound division. You know, he's, you know, before coming into the UFC, we we knew what he was good, uh, how capable he was, and we everyone thought he was going to quite far be a top contender. You know, he got knocked out before the fight against Kevin, and Kevin got a tough test in his uh, in, in his debut against Miles Johns. So I, I was kind of, you know, expecting him to lose, but you know, it, either way, he's got a, a tough test in front of him against, as I said there, Miles John. And unfortunately, that night he did get knocked out in a spectacular fashion from Miles John. Uh, moving on to the second fight of the evening. This 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 podcast will be go so much quicker than last week's because we got yeah, less, less to talk to about, talk about. Mhm. Mm so, uh, second fight of the evening, we saw a uh, UFC returnee, Dustin Jacoby, his first fight in the UFC for, I think it was eight, nine years, I believe? Yeah, I believe it might have been in 2013. Yeah, in 2013, you know, and he had never won in the UFC. I think he was 0-2 or 0-3, I believe. He was 0-2. 0-2, yeah. And uh, his first fight in the UFC for, uh, on the, since 2013, as you said there. And, uh, you know, he came back and he, we saw how good he is now. He looks rejuvenated. That glory kickboxing background, it kind of, he looks good as the, we see how good he is on the feet against Justin Ledet. What, what, what are your thoughts on his, uh, his performance that night? He looked, uh, he looked uh, great. Justin Ledet is a boxer uh, and, and uh, Jacoby was a kickboxer and he showed that kickboxers are better than boxers. Because they have more tools, they have the legs, and he he started kicking those legs, and he started chopping down that tree, and then eventually he broke him, and yeah. he got that TKO in the first round, his first win in the UFC, and I think uh, he's in his prime right now. We'll see where he goes from here. 
100% you said there, a boxer versus a kickboxer. Justin Co Justin Ukobe, a former glory kickboxer, had some great success and glory, beating some of the best kickboxers in the world. And Justin, as you said there, was a boxer. And when it came to MMA, we, we saw the, you know, the best martial art uh, prevail in kickboxing. And when, when it comes against a kickboxer and a boxer, you know, kickboxer, as you said there, has more tools. We'll have the leg kicks. We'll have the, you know, the clinch game because in a lot of kickboxing, they clinch. So we, we saw that a, a lot in there. So yeah, Justin Kobe, uh, you know, went out there, knocked him out in the first in the first round. It looked very impressive. Got his first win in the UFC under the UFC banner. And he impressed. Yeah, he, Sorry, Karen. He looked, he looked amazing, and uh, I think he's in once again. He's in his prime, and I think he could uh, he could get ranked someday. 100%. He's a problem in the 205 pound division. You know, he's, he's got that, obviously, I said there, that he's, he's kickboxing is a high class, high level. You know, there's probably only a few in, in that in that division that could probably stand with him. You know, we've got the likes of, I don't know, Francis Ngannou, Stipe Miocic. We're talking about them caliber fighters and that could probably stand with him on the feet. But we haven't, we need, we need to see how good his takedown defense is nowadays compare it was to 2013 has he been working on his takedown defense throughout the whole years he's not been in mma yeah i think if with that guy on the ground he probably could have gotten a submission but uh let that just uh i mean uh jacoby did not allow that yeah 100 percent. he as you said they did not allow that did not let him get close stuck to his range stuck to his kicks and ch uh, start chopping the tree down as you uh, perfectly put it uh, earlier and uh you know won the fight knocked him out and uh, moved on to 13-5 in MMA, and we saw his first win in the UFC. Uh, moving on, Jason Witt versus Cole Williams. We saw a much better Jason Witt in this fight than we did in his first UFC fight. This is the Jason Witt with a whole camp behind him. And uh, in his first UFC fight, you know, he stepped in at short notice. Didn't really have much time to prepare for his first fight. And he got knocked out against Christian Aguilera, I do believe. And then in his fight, he uh, come up against Cole Williams. You know, he looked better, looked rejuvenated. He had a full camp in front of him. And he looked absolutely incredible. He looked in great shape. Used his wrestling. We saw how good his wrestling is in this fight. Took him down, finished the fight with an arm triangle. How how good was he either? this night yeah i had picked the weight uh early on and uh i was discouraged about that pick once uh cole williams missed weight but uh i was proven wrong uh he looked like this uh wit looked like the stronger guy he lifted him up and uh slammed him right in front of his corner and his i believe james Krause is his coach and he gave him all the proper instructions and he he beat him up really bad he opened him up with a cut and eventually got that arm triangle submission yeah, as I said there, arm triangle submission choke in round number two looked great as ever. You know, in his first fight, you know, he came in at short notice against Christian Aguilera. Unfortunately, got knocked out in that fight. And then in the second fight, you know, had a full camp behind him and looked incredible. I believe it might have been a Takashi Sato. Oh, you might be right. Who did Christian Aguilera fought? Yeah, Takashi Sato, yeah. I, I've, yeah. I've got um, Christian Aguilera in my head. Uh, who did he fight? I think the guy he fought looked exactly the same as uh, Jason Witt. That's why I keep getting yeah. it mixed mi mi mixed up. No, uh, Christian Aguilar fought An uh, Anthony Ivey in his first fight. Yes. I, I, I don't know why I got them mixed up. But yeah, that's right. Jason Witt did fight um, Takashi Sato in his first fight. Yeah, and you know, obviously he got knocked out in that fight. The, the results stayed the same. He still got knocked out. But uh, yeah, obviously yeah, he came in at short notice, didn't have a full camp behind him, didn't have much time to prepare for Takashi Sato. And Takashi Sato, is, you know, he's a decent fighter in, in, in his own right, you know. 
um, after knocking out uh, Jason Witt. But Jason Witt looked incredible this night and looked what he could actually do with a full camp. After this, yeah. after this fight, we had Sean Strickland versus Jack Marshman. And this fight was uh, absolutely incredible. Sean Strickland looked technical as ever. He looked absolutely brilliant in this fight. Stuck to his jab, stuck to his range, and didn't let Jack Marshman get in close and use use his power. You know, Jack Marshman's got power in them hands, and if you let him get close, if he clips you, he can knock you out. But uh, Sean Strickland kept him at range, kept him at bay, used his jab, stuck to, stuck stuck to his range, circled out, and in the third round. The third round was the most interesting round. Uh, they started talking to each other while they were fighting. And um, I think uh, Jack Marshman's uh, corner said, Come on, Jack. And then he was like, Yeah, come on, Jack. And it was just absolutely hilarious. That third round was incredible. What do you reckon of uh, Sean Strickland's uh, performance that night? Yeah, he was talking just as much as he was fighting in that fight. Uh, Sean Strickland, he's coming off that long layup after that uh, motorcycle accident, I believe it was. And he's, he's looking pretty decent. I, I don't think he's... He's necessarily elite. Isn't he coming up a weight class this time around? Uh, yeah, he couldn't make 170 this fight, so it was 185 pounds. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I'd like to see him uh, back in the cage soon. He didn't t- He didn't take much damage, but Marshman? Marshman got beat up really bad. Yeah, Marshman did take a lot of damage in that fight. It was the jab. It was the jab of Sean Strickland. He just kept on pumping it at the nose of uh, of Jack Marshman. It was it was taking a lot of damage, and you, know, you saw that wear and tear on his nose. He was bleeding, and but the third round was uh, so entertaining. If you haven't seen the third round, go watch the third round. It was a uh, one of them, a one to watch. It was incredible. Yeah, I recommend it as well. <laughs> so after that fight, we saw Adrian Yanez knock out uh, Victor Rodriguez with a head kick in the very first round. How good is Adrian Yanez? Adrian Yanez did exactly what I expected him to. Remember, if you look at last week's podcast, I said first yeah. round KO. That's exactly what happened. I, I thought he would he would do it with the hands, but he got that awesome head kick. It, mm-hmm. it was a jaw dropping knockout. Adrian Yanez is going to be a real problem for these bandwidths coming up. 100%, 135-pound 100 division. Uh, Adrian Yanez looking good in a contender series. Got a really good knockout. And then in his UFC debut, impressed with another UFC knockout against Victor Rodriguez, who stepped in at short notice. So, yeah, Adrian Yanez is a problem, as you said, a problem in the 135-pound division. If the, uh, the banner weights are not on notice of Adrian Yanez coming up, they should be now after an impressive performance at UFC Fight Night Hall versus Silva. It looked absolutely incredible. And then moving on, we had uh, Alex Hernandez. You know, against uh, Kritz, or I can't pronounce his name, but you can. Grootsmacher. Yeah, there we go. Alex Hernandez versus the Kritz Gutzmeier. Uh, how good was he that night? Uh, if it wasn't for Holland fighting a uh, welterweight coming up, this would have been Oscar's lock of the night. But uh, Alexander Hernandez was a huge favorite. He was like minus 540, and he looked like a big, a big, uh, big favorite that night. He got that awesome finish. It looked like Gutzmacher didn't even didn't even belong in there with uh, Hernandez. Hernandez, as I said, he was ranked in UFC's best division. Don't count this guy out against someone like Gutzmacher. Yeah, 100%. He was ranked in the lightweight division, arguably one of the best divisions in the UFC that I have at the moment. And uh, in his UFC debut, he came out and knocked Benil Darush and put him straight in up there, put his name up there. And then he fell, uh, fell short with a few losses against Oral Cerrone and, uh, and named, uh, Drew Dober. And, uh, and then he came back against this fight against Chris and, you know, knocked him out in the very first round. Looked as impressive as ever. Looked calm. Looked collected. Didn't rush his work. You know, he looked composed and he picked his shots correctly and knocked him out. Looked impressive. And this Absolutely. Fight, yeah, and the next one was a bit controversial. 
Now, Bobby Green versus Thiago Moises. Who won? I believe Bobby Green did. That that third round, I think, really made the difference. I think it was even heading into the third round. It was it was a round of peace, and I think uh, Thiago Moises' takedown may have been enough for the judges, but in my opinion, it wasn't. I remember in the second round, they showed uh, the numbers for the significant strikes, and it really wasn't that close. And I was like, Bobby Green is do clearly doing more damage. And Thiago Moises was this close to submitting him, but he was able to escape it. I was very impressed that he was able to escape those submissions. Yeah, 100%. Yeah, you, you looked at, uh, good that night, Bobby Green. Unfortunately, uh, you know, judges uh, didn't think he did enough that night, but, you know, he escaped the, um, the submission attempts, as you said, there against Tony Moises, who's no joke on the ground. You know, he's a really good, uh, credible BJJ uh, uh, Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu uh, grappler. You know, he's probably one of the, one of the best. I, I can't remember. He's probably a BJJ back belt, but I can't remember. Absolutely. Yeah, he is. Yeah. He's probably... Submitted. He submitted yet yeah, as uh, submitted Michael Johnson in his last yep, fight. In his last fight. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and I think uh, Bobby Green. Uh, Bobby Green says he wants to fight in December. A uh, buddy, uh, did he break? Uh, did he break his hand? Was it? Uh, or yeah, did I he get that? I think he got. He got a cut. No, that was uh, Bryce Mitchell. Eye. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, that was Bryce Mitchell. He he got a nasty cut. So we'll see if he's able to return by December. I hope he does. Uh, he he wasn't able to get a four and zero this year, but uh, I think he'll get to five and uh, uh, to four and one this year. Yeah, one hundred percent. As you said, there he was three and zero in uh, twenty twenty coming to this fight, and then uh, dropped this fight, and you know he's now he's three and one in twenty twenty. That's still impressive though. Four fights in twenty twenty, three wins and one loss. There's, you can't complain really. Yeah, I think Thiago Moises uh, might be getting a ranked opponent next. Yeah, as you, uh, that's perfect way of putting it. Beat Michael Johnson, beat Bobby Green, two really uh, high, highly credible names in his resume already in his short UFC career. But moving on to the next fight, we saw uh, Kevin Holland. This one was a bit of a, a bit of a weird one. No one really knew what happened when the the finish of the fight actually came. Kevin Holland versus uh, Charlie Ontineros. Uh, what, what what are your thoughts on this fight? Kevin Holland was clearly the, the bigger fighter. He was the stronger fighter. Is a more physically impressive fighter because he's a middleweight and Charlie Ontiveros is not, which you could see at the beginning of the fight. Charlie Ontiveros was the quicker fighter. Those those kicks were really throwing Kevin Holland off guard. He said his he didn't want to uh, he didn't want to be on the feet with him, so he went and took him down and dominated him. And one of those slams was nasty enough to uh, I believe uh, to injure his neck a little. I, I know he's a hundred percent, but. Uh, I don't know what happened there with his neck, but I do know that he kept on screaming, "My neck, my neck!" Yeah, 100%. Yeah, they fell down to the to the canvas, and uh, something went wrong with his neck. And hopefully, he he is okay now, I believe. And uh, hopefully, we can see him and get a speedy recover. Because in that first uh, minute or so, they were standing on the feet, and he actually looked really, really good on the feet. He came out with a wide, wide stance, and it was like um. A taekwondo or karate, I mean, a karate background. He looked really wide on his feet, and he looked really good. His quicks, his kicks came out of nowhere, and uh, you know his kicks were really quick. And as you said, there probably catched uh, Kevin Holland off guard, and he probably wanted no, no, he wanted no. Um, what word am I looking for? No, uh, didn't want to be on the feet no with Charlie. Part of it. Yeah, didn't want no part of being on the feet with Charlie. Yeah. Took him down and showed that he's a versatile fighter, and uh, took him down and did some ground and pound. And yeah, unfortunately, they fell on his neck, and that stopped the fight. Uh, Greg Hardy yeah, versus Holland. What, what's that? Sorry. Oh, I was about to say. Uh, 
last week's uh, Oscars, uh, Lock of the Night last week, was Kevin Holland by first-round knockout. It's almost correct. I don't know if you can consider that a TKO or submission, but I called it. Moving on. Oh, moving on. Yep, yeah, Greg Hardy versus Maurice Green. Uh, we saw uh, in the first half uh, of this fight, uh, Greg Hardy was wrestling uh, Maurice Green, and th th I did not expect this whatsoever. I thought Maurice Green would have the the more capable wrestling to kind of stuff Greg Hardy's takedowns, and it was absolutely baffling me that uh, Greg Hardy was, you know, controlling Maurice Green on the ground. I, I couldn't believe it. But, you know, it shows how impressive uh, Greg Hardy's getting nowadays. You know, he's improving Everly so quickly, and he's uh, he's improving that, um, he's, he's proving to everyone else that he's not just a one-dimensional fighter. You know, he took Maurice uh, to the ground, ground and pounded him, but I don't think we saw uh, a take, uh, I don't think we saw a submission attempts from uh, Greg. I think it was just more of controlling him on the ground, the ground and pounding him. But yeah, then uh, they were both, uh, after that round, round one, there was a lot of wrestling going on, but they, the big boys, they were knackered coming into round two. You could see it, they were both breathing heavy, and this set up a disaster for Maurice Green. It eventually gets a power jabbed to the face, and gets knocked down, and then uh, Greg Hardy finishes the fight. How good did Greg Hardy look? Uh, Greg Hardy clearly needed that inhaler in between rounds, but unfortunately it wasn't with them. But it wasn't necessary against the guy with another bad attack in Marty Screen. Marty Screen's chin is not the best, and we saw he got knocked down. And we, we can see that uh, Marty Screen is not the athlete that Greg Hardy is. Greg Hardy was once in the NFL, and you can see how athletic he is. Unfortunately, he started too late uh, in his life. He's now in his 30s, and maybe if he started at 20, he could be seeing a, a future world champion, but that's not the case here, in my opinion. Yeah, 100%. If he started his uh, MMA career earlier on, instead of uh, going to the NFL, we could have seen a really top contender in the heavyweight division. But then we saw Bryce Mitchell, at £145, get his really first competitive test in his MMA career against Andre Philly, a guy who's been in there with the best of the best. And uh, Bryce Mitchell made made himself and, you know, showed that to the world that he's no joke. You know, he's a guy that sh people should be watching and paying attention to. You know, uh, what, what did Bryce Mitchell show you that night? Bryce Mitchell showed me that he can uh, he could face adversity on the feet and still win the fight. Uh, Andre Philly, I believe he took the second round, was it? And, uh... Bryce Mitchell, he, he went back in the third round and took him down. He was taken down at ease. His wrestling has improved uh, substantially. And I was surprised to he couldn't tap him. I expected a, a quick submission. Sorry, guys, uh, about the what just happened. We lost Kurt, lost connection. You know, he's in America. I'm in England. You know, it's going to happen sometimes, but we, we, we're trying to work our way around it. We stopped recording. Now we're back. But the question I was asking uh, uh, Oscar was, was uh, is Anderson Silva retiring? There was a bit of question marks coming to this fight. What, is, what are your thoughts? I think Anderson Silva is 100% done in the UFC. But unfortunately, uh, in MMA, he has unfinished business. Because uh, that's that's just the kind of guy he is. We saw him sit, sit down after his interview and uh, tell everybody, "I just can't, I just can't tell you this is my last MMA fight," because uh, because there's a lot of things that go into the decision of of retiring. As we saw, Habib, he's having a difficult decision uh, retire. He's having a tough time uh, 
being able to tell if he's going to retire. It's a hard decision to make, but you, you know, it's better to stop early than late. And I think right now it's late, and he needs to retire. Yeah, that's a that's a great point. There's better to stop early and then carry on throughout your career and taking unnecessary damage, absorbing too many strikes and getting CTE. We've seen it in so many fighters, and you know, taking too much damage in their career, and unfortunately, they paid the price for it as as as, as uh, their life has gone on. I don't want to see that uh, Anderson Silva. You know, he's one of the greats, the one on, if not one of the greatest, or it probably is the greatest of the, in, in MMA. In MMA. And, you, you know, you don't want to see someone like that, you know, take too many damage. And, uh, unfortunately, in the Uriah Hall fight, he took some damage and he got knocked out and he paid the price for it. In the first and second round, you know, he looked very competitive. But, you know, the third, fourth, it kind of took over. Yeah, his, his chin isn't there anymore. The punches he would have avoided and, uh, and uh, countered with, uh, it's just, it's not happening anymore. The first, uh, the first MMA fight I actually watched was that Silva Weidman rematch with uh with Ronda and uh was it uh Misha Tate in the co main event and that was the first MMA fight I ever saw back in twenty thirteen. And that lets you know uh, just how old Anderson Silva is, you know. Back in twenty thirteen we thought he was maybe re- he was gonna reclaim that belt from Weidman. That didn't happen and ever since he's never been the same. Yeah, you're the exact same as me. You know, I kind of saw Addison Silva retire this weekend, uh, at, in the UFC anyway. But, you know, uh, I was he was the first fight I ever watched. You know, I think we've shared this to, uh, to each other. The first fight I ever watched was uh, UFC. Uh, I can't remember the, the day. Oh, my God. I think it might be... I can't get it. I've got uh, 124 in my head, but I don't think it is. Who was his opponent? Uh, Victor Bel- Vito Belfort. Oh, uh, yeah, I couldn't tell you that. It was a, uh, it was a um, Vito Belfort. It was in 2011. I remember the day and everything. It, oh, 126. There we go. UFC 2, 2, 226 in 2011 when he hit him with that, uh, that the front kick down the middle and uh, you know finished it off. And we saw uh, if you watched the contender series, there was that. That was like a little bit of a tribute yeah. to Anderson Sil- yeah. Silva. That was incredible. Yeah, there, there was a double front kicks and then there was a clean front kick. It was an Anderson Silva tribute night. Yeah, I think Anderson Silva, uh, he'll probably end up in Bellator. Uh, yeah, um, I would like to see him go to Bellator. You know, kind of end off his career. You know, more comfortable, not less less competitive as uh, you know uh, Bellator. You know, is is a, not a, a less competitive version of you know the UFC. They don't have too many top fighters over there. You know, they're known for their and lesser competition. But you know, he's still going to get tested over there. They've got some really great, great old fighters over there. Yeah, they they also don't have Usada knocking on his door at uh, six a.m. So maybe that might be a little more convenient for him. Yeah, one hundred percent. So that's the that's the recap of the yeah UFC Hall versus Silver. We saw Silver, you know, in his last UFC fight, get knocked out against Uriah Hall, and he said if he won this fight, he probably would have stayed in the UFC. But unfortunately, he did get knocked out, and it's probably the last we saw of uh, Anderson Silver. Yeah, I actually uh, got this exactly correct once again. Fourth round KO, I called it. <laughs> um, Mystic Oscar, he predicts these things. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> I, I, there's no alliteration we can use for O, oh, but whatever. <laughs> oh, yeah, uh, uh, let me, let me, let, we're trying to think of one. We'll get back to you next week. Yeah, next next week I'll have something. Yeah. Well, moving on to uh, UFC Fight Night uh, this weekend, Santos versus Gisera. You know, it's a really great card, and we're here to you know break it down, give us your predi- give us our predictions. First fight of the evening, we've got Gusto Lopez versus Anthony Burchak. 
you know, I don't, I don't know too much about these guys, but uh, uh, Gustavo Lopez, 11 and 5 in the, uh, in his pro MMA career, in his first fight in the UFC, he came in against Marab Devishwili, and he lost a unanimous decision that night, and you know, that's no, that's no loss that you shouldn't, shouldn't be ashamed of. Marab Devishwili, you know, is a really uh, highly credible guy. Just beat John Dodson, you know, a guy that's going up to the, uh, gonna, gonna be one of the top contenders in the UFC one day, and uh, Anthony Bershak. Uh, 15 and 6 in his in his UFC career, he fought um not his UFC career, 56 in his MMA career. He fought uh for the UFC uh, ages but ages ago in 2016 to be exact. You know um he did a right in the, in the promotion. Uh came in uh came in against Ian Etz Whistle. You know he got not uh, heel hooked in that fight, but he beat Joe Soto uh, Joe Soto and uh, Dillian Lopez. Uh, Lopez. Then after that he got cut. But he did lost to uh, Thomas Almeida. He got knocked out in the first round in 2015, before Thomas Almeida fought uh, Cody Garbrandt. That was uh, everything went downhill for Thomas Almeida after that fight against Cody Garbrandt. And uh, but yeah, he he fought in the UFC back in the day in 2014. Went two and two in the promotion. Got cut in 2016, and then went to Ryzen. Went 0 and 3 in Ryzen, and they went to Combate. You know, won some fights in Combate in LA uh, LFA in Championship, and now he's back. After four years back in the UFC fighting Gustavo Lopez, how do you see this fight going? Yeah, this is going to be a close fight, but I think uh, Burchak has the skills to do it. I think uh, we might be seeing a submission from him. Who knows? Yeah, yeah, one hundred percent. I don't. If if I was going to choose one, I'd probably go with uh, Anthony Burchak. You know, he's got UFC experience already. You know, been in there, beat Joe Soto. Joe Soto was a former UFC title challenger. And uh, uh, we'll, we'll see him probably uh, end up getting the win this night. Moving on. Max Griffin versus, oh God, these some of these names, you know, I got asked my friend Oscar to pronounce them. Max Griffin, who's he facing? He's facing uh, all the Brahimaj. Oh, Ram, and, uh, Ram, Ramses Brahimaj. Yeah. Brahimash. Yeah. yeah. How do you see this fight going? Griffin has fought the who's who of the welterweight division. Even has a win over uh, Mike Perry. I think uh, the experience in the octagon will lead him to the victory. Uh, Brahimash is coming out the contender series. He looked very impressive uh, there, but I don't think uh, I don't think it's enough to get it done against someone who has a four-inch reach advantage on him. One hundred percent, you said there. Uh, Max Griffin fought the who's who in the welterweight division in his first fight in the UFC career. He he got tarred with Cal uh, not Cowboy, uh, Col Colby Covington in his first UFC fight at UFC 202. They 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 squared him up against Colby Covington. You know we didn't really know who he was back then, but we know how good he is now. Colby Covington, uh, one of the top three in the world, ranks number one or two in the world, I think, at the moment in the welterweight division. Yeah, he's number one. Number one. Yeah, number one. Exactly. So that's that, there's no shame in that loss. You know he's he's fought fighters like Alessio. Sikowski, uh, Curtis Millinder, Thiago Alves, uh, Alex Morono, Alex Oliveira, Cowboy in his last fight. He's fought so many names in a, a, in a welterweight division in his short UFC career already. But, you know, he's fought some really good names and he's got some wins over some some decent, as you said today, Mike Perry. Mike Perry, that's a really good win. You know, a, a highly a highly name as well. Mike Perry has a lot of, uh, you know, um, hype. I don't know, not, I want to say hype. A lot of fans around him. You know, his hype's kind of gone now, but he's just got fans. You know, and he's a very entertaining guy. When he fights, you know, he, he kind of brings it. And uh, as you said, uh, Ramzin uh, Bihamidj, you know, he's an LFA veteran. 
You know, he's fought in the NFA for years and he's got two losses and his two losses did come at NFA against Justin Patson and Evan Cutts. And uh, we will see him make him his UFC debut this weekend against Max Griffin. Yeah, Max Griffin, uh, he should get it done by a unanimous decision. 100% I agree. I think the, the experience from Max Griffin, you know, he's been in there with the best of the best and uh, I do think I do think it prevail. prevail. Uh, returning, damage, Elkins. We'll be facing Eduardo Gariagori. Oh, that one's a difficult one to pronounce. I'll ask my, my friend Oscar. He, he'll pronounce it very well. Yeah, Garagori. Uh, Garagori has power, but not enough to put away someone who's proven he's very durable in Darren Elkins. Darren Elkins, he got that win over Mursad Bektic, one of the greatest comebacks of all time. And he, unfortunately, he's on a losing streak right now, but... He's he's lost a really good guys. If you look at his record, guys like Ryan Hall, uh, guys like Alexander Volkanovsky, those are the kind of guys that put away that beat Darren Elkins. And Darren Elkins is very durable. I think I think he's gonna wrestle him this fight. And if he's smart, he'll wrestle him. He actually has the most uh, time in top position in featherweight history. Uh, shout out to Numbers MMA on Instagram. <laughs> and so yeah, as you said there, he has a loss against Alexander Volkanovsky, which snapped a six-fight win streak heading into that fight. You know, it was a guy who was on a win streak when he went into the Volkanovsky's guy. He had some really good um, uh, uh, so got confidence heading into that fight, and Volkanovsky, you know, drained it. And now we know how good Volkanovsky is. You know, he's a 145-pound champion at the moment. You know, he's beat the likes of Ch Chad uh, Chad Mendez, Jose Aldo, Max Holloway twice. And, uh, you know, after that fight, you know, he lost to Ricardo Lamas, uh, Ryan Hall, and his last fight, he lost against late, uh, Nate Landmere. And uh, in this fight, I, I do believe, as you said there, he, went, he has the power, Eduardo, but he ain't going to have enough power to put away Darren Elkins. You know, Darren Elkins here yeah, takes, the, takes the punches, keeps walking forward, and you, you have to have a lot of power to take this guy out. And I feel like he will, he will take the floor to the he will take the the fight to the mat, and uh, we'll see him use his wrestling and uh, probably uh, edge out a uh, unanimous decision. Yeah, I agree. And the next fight of the evening, we saw an impressive Alex Romanov, uh, Alex Alexander Romanov, in his UFC debut for uh, Roki Martinez, and we saw him won by on, on triangle choke in round two. This guy looks very impressive in his UFC debut. He looked like he can be a really uh, serious contender in the UFC, and uh, he's got a stiff test in front of him. A veteran, a guy he's been in the UFC for a long, uh, quite a bit now. And Marcos Rio Rodrigo de Lima, a guy he's been uh, just uh, come, coming off a win, I, uh, I do believe. Yeah, get you uh, for Ben Sassoli in 2020. You know, Ben Sassoli is now in prison. Whoops. <laughs> yep. So yeah, he fought he fought Ben Sassoli in February twenty second, and you know got that he won that fight uh, in in his uh, Ben Sassoli's native country in Australia, I do believe. Yeah, it was get it was UFC on ESPN plus twenty six. Felder versus Hooker, you know, knocked him out in his home country, and now he's facing. Uh, he's got a very good vet, uh, uh, prospect in front of him in Alexander Romanov. You know, who do you think is going to take this fight? I think Romanov will dominate. Rogerio de Lima is a light heavyweight. He's fighting up at heavyweight. He has a lot of power. We saw that in his last fight, but Romanov is undefeated. This guy is he's a, he's a force of nature. This guy uh, all finishes, all finishes. In his last fight, we saw him uh, dominate uh, Martinez and, and then eventually submit him. He'll do that again this time. 
Yep, one hundred percent. I just got there. Twelve fights in his his MMA career. Twelve finishes. You know, he's a finisher, and he's a he's a big boy as well. And he's just there. Marcos is a two hundred and five pounder, and Alex Alexander Romanov. You know, he's a really big heavyweight, and uh, we will see him use his all all that weight advantage that he will have in there not, that night, and uh, he probably had a win in that fight. I, I see him taking it down uh, to the ground quite quick. And uh, get, probably end up getting a submission or maybe knocking him out. I think Romanov, uh, you know, he's a great fighter. We might experience his power this weekend. He looks in great shape. Even though he's a big boy, you know, he looks in great shape. Yeah, I agree. Uh, Romanov, he'll be ranked very soon. Yeah, 100%. He's a guy that uh, the heavyweights should be paying attention to. Uh, someone who's a very uh, good prospect in that division. A guy who's going to end up being one of the top uh, top contenders in the division. But also, while we're talking about top contenders, there's a guy in the 145-pound division that goes the name of uh, Giga Chikadze. A guy that is looks incredible. He's a glory former glory kickboxer in the UFC. He's been looking uh, great as of late. He's on a he's on a he's on a win streak. Uh, last fight in uh, Omar Morales in the decision. You know he, he is a uh, glory kickboxer, but he, he fights a lot of decisions. We, we if you if you're betting on a finish this night, I wouldn't. I actually think a finish is likely this time around. Uh, Simmons, he's six inches shorter. Six inches is going to be very uh, uh, a big, big disadvantage here against someone uh, as good as Chikadze. Chikadze, uh, he's he's got those leg kicks. He's got those hands. I think he's going to have a highlight reel KO this time around. Uh, he's actually my lock of the night. This right here is is gonna be a walk in the park for Giga Chikadze. Oh man, walk in the park! Someone quote that when we come back next week. Let's see if he uh, yeah he's part- regrets it. Yeah, let's not hope he gets he gets knocked out or anything like that. <laughs> Trevin Giles versus Bevon Lewis. Bevon Lewis is a guy that um he's fought uh, Uriah Hall in the past, but and you know he was winning that fight uh, until the third round. You know um, he was um. When he in the third round, he was winning the first, the first and the second. Got a little bit tired in the third, and um, Uriah Hall knocked him out. But you know, we saw we saw Uriah Hall, you know, not really look there, not look motivated. But yeah, you know, he got the win that night. But you know, as guy who we've seen with uh, incredible uh, potential, you know, went in there against Dar- uh, Darren Stewart, also lost a unanimous decision, but bounced back with a, a unanimous decision of his own against Dequan Townsend. In the first uh, first month of uh, 2020 in January, and uh, you know, ho- hopefully we see him go back to back wins against Trevin Giles. But Trevin Giles is no joke. You know, he's got a win over James Kraus. Whether it was controversial or not, James Kraus is a an incredible fighter, and uh, you know, he's fought the likes of uh, Zach Cummins and Gerald Mershart, guys that are really really good. Uh, obviously, we saw uh, Gerald Mershart recently get knocked out by a. Uh, Comes at Chimaev, but you know he's still he's still a credible guy. He's he's a, a veteran, you know, crafty veterans. You know they're gonna find a way to win. Wherever there's a wheel, there's a way for a veteran. They will find a way to win. And then you know his two losses do come by way of uh, submission. So is that a thing that Beaver Noise could probably ex- exploit? Uh, it's it's possible, but I think this will be contested on the feet. Charles's gas tank uh, is not the best, which is crazy. He fought uh. He fought James Krause. James Krause took that fight on a day's notice. And it looked like they, their cardio was like in the same place. And Bayvon Lewis, he got knocked out by Yara Hall. Yara Hall, we, we know he's pretty good. Uh, this fight is very close on paper. The, the Ozmakers actually have this at a pick-up. 
Uh, I think Bayvon Lewis is the bigger man. He's three inches t- three inches taller. He's he has five inches in reach on him, and I think that'll be the difference maker here. And on the fade, he'll outstrike him. Yeah, I'm sorry, I was looking at my phone there, but we got we got some breaking news on the channel right now. Um, wow, let me let me see. Darren Till what is, it? is out of his fight against Jack Comanson. Uh, but what, what a bummer! But guess who's stepping in on short notice? You all Romero? Nope. You Hall? Nope. Who is it? All right. He's just fought. Tell me who it is. He's just fought. He's four and zero. He's four and zero in twenty twenty. Kevin Holland. Kevin Holland is fighting Jack Manson. You gotta be kidding me! Oh, it's across- Christmas Day. Yeah, it's Christmas Day for me. I, Dece- I'm a big Kevin Holland fan. December fifth. I've been seeing this. This. Wow, that that just made my day. <laughs> Darren Till had to pull out because of injury. Wow, I, I'll post that right after I finish recording. Man, that That's is incredible. awesome. Wow, uh, Kevin Holland. Yeah, my phone was blowing up for a second. I was like, what's going on? And then I quickly looked at some tweets, and uh, I saw Okamoto. Uh, Brett Okamoto was the first one to break the news. And he said that Darren Till was out of the fight due to injury. Kevin Holland steps in at December 5th. Wow, incredible. Wow. I Kevin, uh, I feel bad for Jack Manson. Jack Manson didn't even want to fight uh, uh, Chris Weidman, who was like, he's in the top 15 right now. He didn't even want to fight him because he he wanted he wanted to get on track for a title shot, and uh, now he's got to fight the unranked Kevin Holland, who I think has a real chance. If it's, not, if it's on the feet, I, I'm picking Kevin Holland to win all day. Yeah, we'll get into that when it comes to fight day or close to fight yeah. day. We'll talk about that. But why we're here? We're going to be talking about uh, UFC fight night Santos versus Zero. Now we're over that. You know, we're going to have a little bit more buzz around us now. You know, we just got a fight announcement. You know. Uh, Jack Manson versus Kevin Holland for December 5th. That's official. Uh, Darren Till pulled out due to injury, so that's a bit unfortunate. But next fight, Claudia Gadela versus uh, Jan. I was going to try and pronounce her first name, but I'll call her Jan for this uh, for the, for the, for this uh, for this one. Who do you think takes this fight? I think uh, Jan has all the tools to get this done. I think uh, Claudia Gadela, uh, she, she doesn't submit people. That would be her route to victory, but has she done it recently? Nope. In her last fight, uh, I believe she lost to Angela Hill. Angela Hill got a knockdown, I believe, and Angela Hill got robbed that night, in my opinion. And uh, Jan was able to beat Angela Hill, so I think, uh, not, not to use MMA math here, but I think, uh, you know, we, we can make a case for that in this in this situation. Yeah, 100%. Carla Galeda in her first fight for, uh, in her last fight, I mean, for Angela Hill. It was a very controversial decision. Everyone thought Angela Hill earned enough that night. And uh, in my eyes, I think she earned enough that night. She should have walked home with a win. And she didn't. A lot of people thought she got robbed. And I, I think the robbed is a very uh, word that's very uh, overused. I think it was a close fight. But, you know, I think uh, Angela Hill did earn enough that night and should have won the fight. Yeah, I think Jan, Jan only has one loss, which was... I believe it was back in 2010. It was her third professional fight. Uh, it was by rare naked choke. Everything else, she's won. This girl is undefeated in the UFC, 5-0, I believe. And what she did to Karina Kovalkiewicz was unbelievable. She had her crying after the fight. It, it was an ugly, ugly beating. And I don't think we'll see that here. But uh, I think uh, Claudia is, is not as good as she used to be. 
I think we're seeing a little bit of a decline in, in her ability. And uh, Jan will be uh, will be very close to a title shot after getting the unanimous decision victory. 100%. I agree. I think he, she will end edge, edge the edge to win that night, and we'll see her move on in the rankings and push for a top five contender in the strawweight division. Next up, we got Ian Heinish versus uh, Brandon Allen. Brandon Allen's a guy that uh, came in with a lot of uh, uh, hype around him, beating Kevin Holland, who's now fighting uh, Jack Manson. You know, and uh, he's beat Tom Breeze. He's beat Carl Dorcas, a Dorcas, and uh, D- Dorcas. That's a bit of a dif- difficult one to pronounce, but you know, now he's got Ian Heinish, a ranked guy at uh, 185 pounds, and Ian Heinish as well. He's no joke. Uh, you know, he's beat um, Joe Mershart in his last fight. He beat De- uh, lost against Derek Brunson, lost against uh, Omar Ekmedov. But you know, he's beat Cesar Ferreira. He's beat Antonio Carlos Jr. He's beat some really good guys in the UFC in his short UFC career. You know, he only got signed to the UFC in, tw- uh, in 2018. And, you know, he's, he's ranked already. He's a guy which sh- shot up to stardom straight away from the contender series and went up there and went into the rankings straight off the bat. And now we got uh, now we see him taking on Brendan Allen, who's a young, hungry guy. And uh, who do you think is going to take the fight? I think uh, this is a close fight, but Brendan Allen is going to be able to win it. Because of his jujitsu, his jujitsu uh, looked uh, really great last time. But Kyle Dawkins was a, another a black belt, so he wasn't able to submit him. But Brendan Allen, he's on a five-fight uh, winning streak. Uh, I forgot who we lost to before that. I m- might have been no, no. I it was uh, Anthony Hernandez, I think. Yeah, that's Anthony correct. Anthony Hernandez. LFA 32. Yeah. Anthony Hernandez in 2018, and then before yeah, that, since, it was Eric Anders. Yeah, and since then we've we've seen a. Big improvements for Brendan Allen. His striking's great. His uh, his jujitsu is just it's amazing. I think we're gonna see this kid. Uh, we're gonna see him ranked and eventually in a title fight because that's just how good he is. Yep, I was looking at his losses here. His first loss was against Trevin Giles, second Eric Anders, and the third loss was against Anthony Hernandez. You know, all their losses. There's no shame in them. Yeah, so- uh, I think. Uh, I think Ian Heinish is he's smaller. He's five eleven. Maybe he could make welterweight. He's a little bit of a smaller middleweight. And I think uh, in his last fights, uh, last couple fights where he lost to uh, Omari Akamegdov and uh, Derek Brunson, he got uh, he got overpowered by those guys. And I think Brendan Allen can do the same thing. He's six two, and he has uh, uh, he has all the tools to dominate him on the ground. And I think we're looking at a, a third round submission from. Uh, from Brendan Allen here. Precise uh, predictions. I love it. I just said there, you know, Ian Heinish, not the biggest of a, a middleweights. You know, coming into this fight, Brendan Allen six foot two, Ian Heinish five foot eleven, a seventy-two inch reach advantage. Uh, for, no, not reach advantage, but seventy-two inch reach for Ian Heinish. And on the other hand, we got a uh, Brendan Allen with a seventy-five. Uh, reach advantage, you know, he's got a three-inch reach advantage uh, over Ian Heinish. That's something that could pay dividends. Uh, in this, uh, in this, we see um, Ian Heinish land uh, 3.62 significant strikes land per minute. And on the other hand, you know, that, that's one uh, we see uh, Brendan Allen land 2.67. We're going to see Ian Heinish busy on the feet. And uh, but could we see a takedown uh, from Brendan Allen? It's probably most likely, and we'll probably end up seeing a submission if. It, 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 in my eyes, I think we'll see Brendan Allen pull out a submission in this fight against Ian Heinish, and you know he will move on, and we'll see him improve, uh, improve his career, and we'll see him get a highly ranked opponent, maybe. 
Yeah, I agree. Uh, Brendan Allen, I, I think uh, he might be a future champion. We'll see how it goes. Yeah, after this fight, we do have a bit of a weird one on the main event. Third fight on a third fight uh, bef uh, before the uh, the main event of the evening. We've got Rani Burcelos versus Kelhad Tahar. Taha. Yeah, the, this uh, this card placement is a little confusing. You got someone uh, Claudia Gadeja that low on the card. It's kind of weird, but uh, I think Barcelos, he's the more skilled fighter. Uh, I think he's he's coming in on short notice here, but uh, I think he's still he's still gonna perform better on that night. And he'll get a unanimous decision victory. Yep, as uh, uh, Khalid Taha was uh, scheduled to fight Jack Shaw that night. And uh, Jack Shaw had to pull out. I can't remember the the reason. reason that it probably was uh, due to injury. But now he faces uh, Rani Bersos in in this fight. And 15-1 uh, in his uh, in his MMA career. And uh, I think uh, he's beat, in his last fight, he edged out a United decision versus uh, Sad, uh, Sad, Sad Numagomedov. And that guy is incredible. We've seen that, how good he is in the UFC. And uh, I do feel he has the more tools in this fight. And uh, I do see him uh, winning this fight co fairly comfortably. Yeah, I agree. Well, co-main event of the evening. Andre Orlovsky. He's still fighting, ladies and gentlemen. He's, he's trying to avoid that 20th defeat. 29-19 and 19 in his MMA career. Absolutely incredible. And he's, fo he's facing uh, Canadian Tanar Bosa, a guy who's been surging as of late, beating some really good guys. And now he's got a stiff test, a stiff veteran, a crafty veteran in front of him, Andrei Orlovsky. How does this fight go? Yeah, the last two fights uh, have 41-year-olds in them. I I'm not mad at it. Uh, those guys can, can continue as long as they want, as far as I'm concerned. Arlovsky, it's it's kind of shocking that he hasn't been knocked out, considering he's been knocked out back in his debut. He got knocked out cold in his first fight. And uh, shout-out to the Run It Back MMA podcast. Those guys, uh, they said that the guy that knocked him out in his first fight uh, ended, ended up uh, going to some kind of mental hospital and escaping it's a it's a wild story check those guys out anyway i think arlovsky's chin it's actually held up in his last couple of fights if you look at that ben rothwell fight he was taking he was taking a lot of shots and he was uh he was actually uh he was actually taking them quite well and i think uh and i think this might happen again but bozer he's actually been knocking guys out recently so i think that'll be what happens here i think we're looking at a second round tko uh for Tanner Bozer. Bozer, uh, he lost to uh, Gon, but Gon's no joke. Gon is 6-0. He's already ranked. He's fighting Jundo Santos coming up, but Bozer, I think he's he's already ranked. He might already be ranked, and he'll get the win here by the second round TKO. 100%. I agree. I think Tanner Bozer, as you said, as of late, been knocking guys out in his last two fights. You know he hasn't. He's been knocked. He knocked out Rafael Pezoa, and before that he knocked out Felipe Linz, who Andre Olovsky just beat. And uh, Tanabosa did that as well in, in impressive, in more impressive fashion. Round one knocked him out clean, and in the second, I remember that it was uh, his his hands. He was quite a small heavyweight, but he's really really quick. Yeah, he said. Uh, he said, "I'll never move down a light heavyweight because the the cut would damage my body and uh, the speed." Here at heavyweight is a big deal, and I have that, so I'll stay at heavyweight. I think, I think uh, Tanner Bozer, uh, you know, if you want to put him in your betting parlay, I, I wouldn't be mad at you because th this guy's 
he, you know, he, he's going to win this fight for sure because I think Arlovsky, what, what is Arlovsky motivated by? The, the guy just said the best is yet to come. The best is yet to come. How about you say that in 2011 where you were possibly going to get a title shot? He got knocked out by uh, by Stipe. It's just, it's not happening, man. Uh, the, but let's not forget the guys that have knocked him out recently were Nagano and Rosenstrike. Anybody gets knocked out on those guys. Anybody. But uh, I think Arlovsky, he can hang around a little longer, but uh, but Bozer should get it done here. Yeah, 100%. I agree. I think Bozer's going to go in there and probably end up, uh, end up knocking Andre Arlovsky out. Yeah, I agree. Main events of the evening, we see Thiago Santos returning over, I think, nearly 500 days since his last fight against John Jones at uh, UFC 239. Uh, he lost a split decision that night, and that's that. if you see that, you think, wow, a split decision against John Jones. We've never seen many of them. Yeah, I, I can't remember the last one who took John Jones to a split decision. Not even Dominic Reyes in his last fight, uh, John Jones didn't. That wasn't even a split decision. You know, this is one of the closest fights that we've seen John Jones in in a while. You know, someone thought Thiago Santos beat John Jones in that fight. Yeah, uh, Thiago Santos, I don't think he beat John Jones. I think the judges, uh, I don't know what they were seeing that night. Uh, I think John Jones fought that fight like a fool. He said he wanted to beat Thiago to his own game, so he stayed on the feet with him rather than wrestling him like he easily could have done. But uh, I think Thiago Santos versus uh, that version of John Jones Will it be the same version that we see uh, this weekend? I don't know. He, his leg is is destroyed, and he's coming back from that uh, from that surgery. He tore everything. All his CLs, you know, the AMCL, the PCL. He tore everything. It was just muscle. I was holding that leg together. And uh, Glover Teixeira, he's he's not really a kicker like that. I think uh, Glover Teixeira has a real shot here. I don't know why he's that big of an underdog. He's like a plus two forty underdog right now. And I think uh, Glover has a real chance here, but Tiago, if he looks like he looked in that John Jones fight, we're probably going to see a finish from Tiago, let's uh, say in the fourth round. 100%, I agree. In the, uh, Glover's last fight against Anthony Smith, in the round five, we saw him uh, uh, take out Anthony Smith by ground and pound. But in the first, in the first round, the second round, we saw Glover in a lot of trouble. You know, when when uh, Anthony Smith was, you know, fresh and uh, um, he was he was quick, he was sharp. And uh, if he comes in like that against uh, against uh, Thiago, he's going to get caught because Thiago's got bombs. Thiago's got power in them hands. You know, Anthony Smith doesn't possess the same amount of power, uh, power as uh, Santos does. And uh, if he comes in, uh, you know, soft or slow against Thiago Santos as he did against Anthony Smith, I do see him getting knocked out in the very first round. Yeah, I think Glover Teixeira, uh, his jiu-jitsu, it's been very effective. If you saw that fight with a uh, with a uh, Carl Robinson, with with Amisa Serkinov, with uh, with Jimmy Crude, all those guys, he was able to control them on the ground, either ground and pound or get get a submission, and it's. He might be doing that uh, to Thiago Santos if Thiago Santos isn't on his A game. Yeah, well that's well that's it from us, isn't it? That's us from us. We'll quickly recap, yeah. recap uh, uh, Glover versus uh, Santos. Uh, we'll quickly... oh, who do you, who do you think uh, who do you think is going to win the main event though? Uh, Santos, Thiago Santos. Oh, uh, all right. So we'll move on to our MMA news section. Uh, so after um, uh, Uriah Hall 
during the actual uh, the um, broadcast, they announced that Islam Makhachev will fight at RDA at uh, November 14th. That's an incredible fight, and I'm glad Islam's got a really a really good opponent. And you know, RDA has been struggling as of late at welterweight. Dropped down to 155 pounds. Hopefully, he can make that cut. And you know, once you're a, a bigger division, it gets harder and harder to cut down. And uh, hopefully, you know, he doesn't have to deplete himself so much. Yeah, I think that's that's a bad matchup for Dos Santos. He's been losing to these wrestlers as of late. That'll be a fun fight. Yeah, yeah. We got uh, Abu uh, Abu Razak Al Hassan. He's fighting Chaos Williams. Oh, yeah, that guy. There's is, uh... no way. There's no way that's not a crazy knockout or a fight of the night. There's no way. There's no way. In his last fight, unfortunately, he gassed out and you know he lost the lost the fight. But before that, he knocked out Nico Price. Yep, that's that's a big deal. In like 18 seconds, I believe it was a uh, came up straight out the bat and just knocked him out. Yeah, uh, Chaos Williams. Chaos Williams looks so scary in his last fight against Alex Moreno at UFC 247. Yeah, uh, we 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 talked about Jacardze versus Simmons that got announced uh, this week, so we'll skip that one. We'll talk about uh, Mike Perry versus um, Tim Means. Oh, uh, T- Tim Means, you know, uh, Tim Means, he's he's hanging around. He, he loses, he wins, he loses, he wins. And Mike Perry, in this Mike Perry fight, I, I just don't, I don't think he'll win. Mike Perry, if he's on his A game, we're going to see a lot of great stuff from him. He can mix it up with the takedowns. He's got real good power. I think uh, we'll see a second round TKO for Mike Perry. I agree. I think Mike Perry is just a, a different level in his career at the moment. Tim Means, as you said there, getting wins, dropping wins, getting wins. Bro- uh, when he got knocked out versus um, Nico Price, he broke his ankle, I believe. Have you seen that? Yeah, that, that was a nasty win. He was yeah. actually uh, winning that fight against Nico. Yeah, and then yeah, he got But when out. he advances, he gets cut. Yeah, 100%. Uh, now we got Chicagian, uh, Kate Chicagian, returning really quickly after she got finished by Jessica Andrade. She will be fighting uh, Sylvia Calvillo on November 21st. How, how's that fight? This is kind of a uh, coin toss fight, in my, in my opinion. I, I really don't know who's winning this one. Uh, both girls are pretty well-rounded, but... Uh, what I've seen recently from Cynthia Calvillo, it's, it's been great. She was able to go five rounds with Jessica I just dominate her. And let's not forget, I has a win over Shukagian. I think uh, Calvillo probably gets the split decision. This is going to be a split decision for sure. Yep, I agree 100%. Everything you're saying you know, is, is correct in my opinion, 100%. And uh, ne- next one. Uh, Amanda Rebas, she's finally getting a shot at the big girls in the 115-pound uh, division. She's, fa- she's fight- facing Michelle Waterson. Oh. Wow, this is... Uh, Amanda Hebas has risen quite quickly. I think uh, people people were uh, hyping up a little too much after that the win over Paige Van Zandt. Let's not forget Paige Van Zandt is, is far from elite. You know, she's in BKFC now, but... Uh, Meta Heba, so we know she's good everywhere on, on the feet. Uh, her that fight with Mackenzie Dern revealed a lot about her to me because Mackenzie Dern uh, is as good as you get on the ground, and so is Heba. So they canceled each other out on the on the ground. So on the feet, they fought, and Heba looked mile miles ahead. Yeah, we'll talk about so one more I fight think... before we go. Uh, the Argentinian Santiago Ponzinibbio 
He's back versus Muslim Salakov. Uh, Ponza Nibio is one of my favorite fighters. He was on a he was on a big win streak before. Uh, you know, he had that whole injury. He was pulling out of fights. It, it's it's not been easy for Ponza Nibio since he he had to leave uh, uh, active competition. I think. Uh, I think that fight with Neil Magny showed us a lot about him. He got that knockout in the fourth round. He's got good cardio. He's got excellent power. And Muslim Salikov, uh, you know, it's, it's either do or die for him right now. Like, he's he's a little past as far in my opinion. I, I don't think he'll be ranked. Uh, Ponce Nibio said he'll take anyone. In my opinion, put him in there with, with Colby Covington for, for, for all I care. Get, give him a title shot. This, this guy's on a win streak. Like, stop disrespecting this guy. I think he deserves it more than uh, Leon Edwards. He was on a big win streak, but he got kicked out of the rankings due to inactivity. Uh, I, I really want to see uh, big things in this guy's future. I think we'll see him fight for the belt. 100%. After he wins. A seven-fight win streak, as you mentioned there. Yeah, I think that win streak, uh, that win streak is, is better than Leon Edwards, is my opinion. Yeah, beating Gunnar Nelson, beating Mike Perry, beating Neil Magny, beating Nordin Taleb, Zach Commons, Court McGee. You know, he's beat some really good names in that win streak and finished most of them. Yeah, yeah, he's, he's got... I, I think uh, I actually would be intrigued to see him and Leon Edwards fight in in, in case of Leon Edwards uh, having to pull out of that fight with Shemai because, of course, you know, there's a lockdown going, going down in the UK right now. I don't know if he'll be able to leave the country. Yeah, 100%. Comes at Shibai versus Leon Edwards. That's a brilliant fight. We'll get to that one when we get to it. It's coming up shortly. Yeah, also Canelo might be fighting on that night too, but I, I won't be watching. I'll just look at the highlights. <laughs> that's works. Yeah, that's a good point actually. Canelo is now a free agent apparently. Yeah, that's very interesting. Apparently, they wanted him to fight either Khabib or Masvidal. Who, Canelo? Yeah, yeah. A DAZN. Dizon said those are the two biggest fights ahead of you, uh, Habib or Masvidal. Oh my god. <laughs> That's I, incredible. I think we'll see the Masvidal fight. I, I can almost guarantee it. Really? Yeah, I think I think he actually mentioned Masvidal by name uh, after that knockout of uh, Ben Askren. He said uh, he said it makes sense uh, money-wise, but in terms of competition, it's, it's not up there for me. But uh, in terms of money fight, it, it makes sense. 100%. Well, that's uh, the end of the uh, podcast number two. I thank you all for watching. And uh, th thanks for a goodbye from Lenny March and a goodbye from Oscar. Oscar. So thank you very much for joining me, Oscar, again. And uh, we'll see you in episode three next week when we talk about the fights that happened this weekend. And we'll talk about the fights, what's going to happen. Thank you very much. All right. For, for those watching on YouTube, this uh, this podcast is, uh, is available on uh, many podcast platforms. I launched it using the Anchor app. The Anchor app was able to distribute it to uh, to apps like Spotify and to uh, Stitcher. Uh, I think uh, this podcast will be successful in the future. Right now, we're we're evolving, we're getting better, and uh, I really hope you listen to next week's and the week after's. Uh, have a good time watching the fights this weekend. Couldn't have been better myself. Thank you very much, and have a good fight, a good good weekend of fights watching this weekend. Thank you very much, Oscar, and uh, we'll see you next week. All right, you too. Have a great, uh, have a great weekend, guys. Have a great weekend. Goodbye.